Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome along to Higher Ground this Wednesday evening. Jules, with you, great to have you along. However, you are tuning in on 1170 SEN Sydney, 16.20 on the Gold Coast, SENQ, and across the globe via the SEN app. Now, I'd love for you to join in on the program this evening. My open line number, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy, and the text line, 0457 736 736. Usual fanfare tonight. Joining me on the program, Simon McLaughlin will be up shortly. He's the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph, and he'll be along to look at tomorrow's back pages. And the Mad Russian, a.k.a. The Seal, is keeping me honest as well. Well, you know, this this war of words has started. Pre-Origin 2 in Perth. This is in the Courier Mail. I reckon Simon might have a bit to say about this. So Liam Martin is the one that's earmarked by Queensland as enemy number one. The bloke from Tamora. And they've even gone so far. And this is what the Queenslanders do is that they, they pinpointed a few incidents of foul play involving the Penrith second rower in game one. But not only that, the four incidents occurred in the space of four minutes in game one. And the incidents were as follows. Swinging arm to the back of Munster's head, 64th minute. Four under Gagai's throat, 65th minute. Rubbing his head into Kurt Capel's face. <laughs> they were teammates last year. A little, little kiss. And digging his elbow into Munster's ribs, 68th minute. So, so Queensland, according to the Courier Mail, have highlighted these as, quote, unquote, feral plays in the publication have said that Queensland finally has a new Blues player to hate. Call it a grubby rant page. I find Liam Martin a very likeable individual. He's a good player. Good player. And now, Sydney Morning Herald reports that Angus Crichton, the newly installed Blues back rower, says... Felice Cafusi's elbowing of his Roosters teammate Sam Walker should have seen him sidelined for Origin 2. So they're going to resume their running battle in Perth on Sunday night. Crichton has vowed to protect his New South Wales playmakers after being inadvertently involved in the tackle that saw Cafusi dominate the news cycle two weeks ago. Now we know Crichton comes back to the side after being omitted for Game 1. He goes on to say, Origin's about mongrel. But is it though? Depends what you mean by mongrel. You've got to look to hurt the opposition when you run it, when you tackle. It's no arena for being nice. Oh, you can be tougher. You're just going to be better, though, don't you? Just focus on being better. What did Fatty say, you know, after the, the, the infamous cattle dog and the balloon? He goes, oh, well, if you hear it, who's going to join in the fight? And he says, 17 sets of hands go up. And he goes, that's great. But the first team to play footy after that wins the game. 0457-736-736. You know, oh, they're grubby and you're a mongrel and no, you're not going to do that to my team. Do you find all this sort of stuff tiresome? I find it very wearisome. Some say it promotes the game. You know, I suppose it does. I just find it a bit trite and a bit predictable. You know, a war of words has broken out. Well, you know what? I'll take that over a, a tummy bug or a flu outbreak. We haven't had those. Still time, I suppose. Yawn. Look, no club footy this weekend. Cracking representative weekend ahead. So we've got the women's origin game on Friday night in Canberra. It'll be cold for the girls. Then the international weekend. New Zealand-Tonga Saturday. That game in Auckland. I heard um, I heard the SENZ crew on with Joel and Fletcher Zavo saying it's still not a sellout, which stuns me. They haven't played rugby league in New Zealand in Auckland since 2019. Well, it has been cold, Jeff Wilson. The dual international said so. That they'll probably rock up late. But that is going to be a beauty. 
two seriously good football teams. And you've got Samoa and the Cook Islands and then Fiji PNG. That'll be a doubleheader in Campbelltown. What about the Pong and t- the Tongan Pack? Tamalolo, Takiahu, Fanua Blake, Tupanua, Koloma Tangi. And then on the bench, Olakautu, Tavita Zatola, Mo Fodawaka. That is a serious pack. Hey, well, what about the Kiwi pack? You've got the Bromwich brothers, Brandon Smith, James Fisher-Harris, Isaiah Papali'i, Joe Tarpani, one of the, if not the form forward in the competition. It's just frightening. It's the old physics equation, isn't it? What, what happens when you have an unstoppable force against an immovable object? 0457 736 736. Now, just to the cricket last night, uh, Australia... The, the team just looks all wrong. They probably should have been 2-2, but now they're down 3-1 in the ODI series against Sri Lanka. They were spun out. Spun out. They are chasing 259. This is concerning. So David Warner was good. Lone hand, 99, poor bugger. 99, D Warner. Australia were 4 for 189 in the 36th over, chasing 259. So they needed, what, another 70. All out for 254. And the margin couldn't have, could not have been worse, too. Pat Cummins chimed in with 35 at the end. Matty Kuhneman, the left-arm tweaker, 14 from the final over before being caught on the final ball. But Australia just showing a few challenges against spin. What does this mean for the upcoming Test Series? Seven wickets went to the slow bowlers. Sri Lanka played five spinners. Sent down 43 overs from spinners. 43 overs from spin. So I said, just a week out from the first test in Gaul, I mean, the host win is, well, is it a blueprint for beating Australia in test cricket? Warner looked good. Mitch Marsh hit 26. Marnus, birthday boy today, 14. Carey, 19. Sort of all got starts and got out at the wrong time. They've missed Zampa, clearly. They probably underestimated how important Zampa was to that side. But the thing about, the thing that concerned me, Cam Green was batting eight. They still couldn't get the job done. So they needed less, a run, less than a runner ball with six wickets in hand. You got Cameron Green batting eight, and they lost. That is quite the collapse. And then he reached 99, D Water. He said, oh, beautiful. He's got to finally end that century drought in his international career. 48 innings across all formats without a ton for Warner. He's gotten close. He just missed out again. Now, uh, in big news revealed this afternoon, Cricket Australia has announced the introduction of a draft for this summer's Big Bash League, allowing clubs to recruit up to three primary overseas players. Now, this, I think, is much needed for the game. I'll discuss this. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty written in the Telegraph tomorrow, and uh, no doubt Simon McLaughlin will have that in further detail shortly on the program. But basically what happens, I'll give you a quick overview. Players will nominate themselves for either part of the entire tournament, and there's three categories. Salary categories, gold, silver, bronze. Then the BBL, the superstars will have platinum status. They pick players in an order decided by a weighted lottery. Can you follow that? But they want to jazz it up, right? So it's going to take place in late August. And if they can piggyback off the back of footy for some more eyeballs, then they'll do that. So it'll be really fascinating to see how that whole thing plays out. But they need to do something. They need to do something. 0457 736 736. Now, Kieran Perkins, this is interesting. He spoke to Jared Waitley. He fears there could be human carnage, quote unquote, if local sports follow FINA's lead in banning most transgender participants from win sport. Now, the hardline ruling, you'd know by now, saw 
any women who experience a stage of puberty as a male before transitioning banned from competing against other women, which women, which is a problem in this country because you can't transition before you're 18 anyway. So, yeah, they put puberty behind it. So he's now the CEO of the Australian Sports Commission, Kieran Perkins, and, and he explained this sort of sort of, sort of support of the move. But question rightly, I think, it's fairness if sporting organisations below the elite level adopt the same rules. And he spoke to Jared Waitley, he said... The reality is that the Save Women's Sport movement would suggest women's sport is about to disappear because a wave of transgender athletes is incredibly erroneous. He's bang on. He's bang on. And you think about Olympic competition, they first allowed transgender athletes to compete in 2004. Well, the next Olympics in two years, in 2024, so that'll be 20 years, they've had a sum total of two transgender athletes. Two. No medals. Laurel Hubbard's one came last. Two, so they're not banging the door down of elite competition. So he's right. He's going, oh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Michael's going to become Michelle, elite sports person, and just start blowing them out of the water. It's, it, it doesn't work that way, and it's not happening. And Perkins goes on to say then, of course, at the other end, there should be unabated open competition for whatever gender you identify with. That's going too far and missing the fairness argument around speed, strength, and stamina. And I discussed this on the Monday night. I think the issue with what FINA has done here, they're just a blanket approach to what is a, a difficult, nuanced debate. Maybe it's got to be case by case. And then Perkins fears that this decision could trickle down to other leagues and end up proving unfair for transgender athletes while they criticise the lack of transparency from FINA. And he said, Perkins, well, FINA's been clear in their dialogue that they're talking about a small microcosm, elite sport. What they have missed in acknowledging that is that the billboard for sport, the main focus, it is the billboard for sport, the main focus. I get very, very concerned that domestic competitions will accept that ruling and run with that, regardless of the human carnage it creates at their local domestic level. And further, he says, I read Fina talking about the science that has been proved. What proof? Everything I've seen suggests that actually we're not really sure yet. So when you talk to medical professionals who are dealing directly in this environment, there isn't clarity without compromise with the science of it all. Key point. Currently in Australia, no elite-level transgender swimmers. None. A few at local level. According to Perkins, with a few around fairness seeming to be all about one woman, Leah Thomas. She has sparked this decision. Motivated from fear. He's right. He's dead right. It's, it's lazy policy by FINA. And the International Rugby League have adopted it too for the World Cup. Caught with the pants down though. I mean, how long have they had to formulate a transgender policy? And there's no one actually, no transgender athletes actually saying, I want to play in the World Cup anyway. Perkins is right. The floodgates have opened now, and other sports, as I said, including International Rugby League, jumped on the back of FINA's decision, simply said, no, nah, too hard, let's, let's just ban everyone. No nuance at all in what is a complex and difficult discussion, and a discussion that requires nuanced thinking. Oh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes a human rights issue, and he's challenged at CAS. Plenty more water to go under the bridge. 0457 736 736. Now, this is wonderful. Yesterday, 
The lure of a second world title has brought Aussie basketball legend Lauren Jackson out of international retirement. Our greatest basketballer ever. Ever. She's 41. 41. I wonder what sort of role she's going to play. It's quite stunning, the comeback. She's going to join an Opals team camp in Canberra ahead of a September World Cup in Sydney. Nine years. Nine years after Jackson last played for Australia. Nine years. Brilliant. Captain Australia, their only world title in 2006. She was the event ambassador for the World Cup, Lauren Jackson. In her addition to the Opal squad, huge boost for the event. You'd have her on all the posters, surely. And that confirmed Jackson's inclusion on Tuesday evening, a key step towards her, well, I guess you could say international comeback. She retired ahead of the Rio Games. She had that, that knee injury, the knee soreness. And then what did she do? Well, she went into rehab. She thought, oh, you never say never. We'll just wait and see approach. And then played a bit of domestic competition. Didn't think too much about it. So we'll see how we go. Let's get through that. And from all reports, she was dominant. She was that much better. Outstanding form. And she went to say, she told News Corp, actually, I never expected to get to this point. So every day I'll get past here is a blessing. I truly feel like one of the luckiest people in the world to be getting another shot after the way my career in a good honour. I don't think there's an Aussie sports star or basketball star that isn't thrilled to see Lauren Jackson back in the international fold. Wonderful stuff. 0457 736 736. And the open line number 1300 01 Just the screens in the studio you flashed up. And uh, there it looks like, was it the old course in Andrews I saw? Or one of the Lynx courses anyway. Now, wasn't this funny? Brooks Kepka. He's a sour fellow, Brooks. Sour fellow. He's not likable. Good golfer. He's not likable. I mean, I, the only thing that made me like him is because he didn't like Bryson. Your enemy's enemy is your friend. But let's not forget, Brooks Kepka was one of the first players to denounce a rival league for only 48 players. Well, now he's the latest one to jump ship and sign with the Saudi-funded Live Golf Series. And the rumours are strong. There's been rumours about so many players. Cam Smith's name came up. That won't happen. Another one, Colin Morikawa. People were adamant he was going to join. He tweeted today, he goes, no, 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 I'm staying. My main concern now is, you know, because he pours milk before his cereal, he tweeted. And Justin Thomas goes, that's weird. <laughs> and everyone's jumping the bed. Why would you put the milk in before the cereal? He's Colin with two L's. He can do what he want. So a person briefed on Kepka's decision told uh, the AP that he still would be able to compete on the PGA Tour until he hits a shot of the live circuit. Now, he was named to tee up the Travellers' Championship, but he did withdraw from the field, as he should have. As he should have. But what happens here, right, the more you bulk up the roster with well-known names in the Live Golf Series, some of the lesser knowns, what happens to them? They're going to get squeezed. Which is why those that, you know, they had to make up the numbers. Somebody like a, a Blake Winger from Australia. Well, you know, this is my chance to have a piece of the pie. I get that. I get it if you're somebody like that, that hasn't made a career out of golf. Entirely different story for somebody like Mickelson who's earned hundreds of millions of dollars out of his golf career. Now, this next live event starts June 30 outside Portland, Oregon. Kepka, by the way, if you can remember when all this germinated, he was the second player behind Rory McIlroy to speak out against a rival league. This was March last year. And in his words, I have a hard time believing golf should be just about 48 players. Golf Digest, I think somebody said, oh, somebody put the horse's head in Kepka's bed, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. But further to that, money isn't going to change my life. Well, it's not going to change your life, and why do you do it? 
People say he wants to play less golf. Back at the time, it was presented as the Premier Golf League. But everyone knows Live Golf is relying on Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund. It's just, a, it's a nonsense. 48-man field, no cuts, team components, garbage. It's garbage golf. And you compare that to the tight finish of the US Open, right? Fitzpatrick Zalatoris. Abraham answers another one of Mexico, number 20 in the world. Won a world golf championship last year in a playoff. Won the Australian Open, do you remember? 2018. Oh, my decision's not taking lightly. It'll allow me to give back to the game and helping grow it in Mexico. Not unless it's straight out of your pocket. This nonsense about it grows the game, no. It's about lining your pockets. But the PGA, uh, look, PGA acknowledges the threat. Acknowledges the threat. In a direct response to Live Golf, the tour now is going to begin holding eight no-cut special events with a $20 million purse in the FedEx standings to kick off the 2023 season. So more coin, more tournaments, mind you, but more coin. So just a bit of a sweetener to those who stay loyal. The Open has said, no, no, we're not going to ban the players. They've made that decision for this year only. I think it'll be a year-by-year basis. Uh, the, the, the game changer here is whether they'll allow those playing the Live Golf Series to compete for World Golf Rankings points. But if you're not playing serious 72-hole golf, well, then I, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can. And there's no cut. So where's the competition? Where's the drive to make the cut? 0457 736 736. That is my text line number. Stack of news going on and the open line number, if you'd like to have a chat, 1300 011170. You're listening to Higher Ground. We are up and running for a Wednesday night. Yeah, well, welcome back to the program, 0457 736 736. Steve on the text line, thank you so much for messaging in tonight. I'll get to that very shortly. But before that, we've got to do this. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's the It's weird having a weekend without NRL football, but there's plenty of international football. And, of course, it all builds up to State of Origin Game 2 in Perth. Game number two. Perth seems like a lifetime ago they played the last game in Perth. Anyway, we're back there again. Simon McLaughlin is the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. He's on the line right now to speak at tomorrow's back pages. Hello, Simo. Uh, G'day, Jules. How you doing? It just feels like this whole taking a week off it's just some sort of conspiracy to rob the Bulldogs of their amazing winning momentum. Yeah. The form team of the NRL, and suddenly we have to stop play for a week. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Exactly the same <clears throat> thing. And when I said I was thinking it, mm. I, the opposite. I wasn't thinking that. You know, well, you've got to be happy for Matt Burton. You know, even before game one, a lot of people were saying Burton would be a really good fit for that team. You know, he takes kick pressure off people like Nathan Cleary, and he's got that, importantly which Freddie likes, is that uh, that Panthers connection. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how he's going to be involved with the kicking game uh, from left centre. But having seen it, his um, carrying bombs in the flesh on um, Sunday out at Combank, mm. where there was one in particular that just had that spiral and it went well above the, roof, the rooftop of um, the stadium. <laughs> that would not be something I'd want to be... Under if I was uh, oh, it's Tonga. horrible. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, it reminds me of cricket. You know when you're fielding and somebody's like top edges, one is there forever, and you go, oh, this is coming to me. And you're circling. It just takes an eternity. It's going to bring rain. If that, please no, please no. 
Everyone's watching me, and I just know I'm going to drop it. So he does have a huge, huge boot on him. I'm really happy for him. Lovely scenes too, as you would have seen on social media when mm. uh, after that win against the Tigers, and he comes Absolutely. in and Freddie shakes his hand, and then it was announced in the dressing, they all mob him. It was it was the Fox actually, in my opinion, should be there. It was, was the first one to, to jump on board and congratulate him for his selection, which is, is really good. And look, it looked like a happy dressing room. Yeah, for a change, it was. It was a very happy dressing room. I'd, I'd actually um, didn't realise that the, that Adokar had been told that he that morning that he wasn't make, going to make the team. He made, actually made a pretty bad error early in that game against mm. the Tigers under the high ball, and I thought, well, geez, wonder if Queensland's watching that. But of course, he isn't picked again, so not a factor. But yeah, he is still unlucky. But I, look, I don't mind Brad Fittler pivoting. Uh, going in another direction, it's it's sort of an admission rather than flip flopping. It's just an admission that he he got th- probably got things a bit wrong in game one. And you know, why would you double up on your errors if that's what you generally think? Uh, you know, I don't mind the changes at all, particularly Burton, um, Stephen Crichton starting. It's, he admitted that he really struggled off the bench. It's not yeah. something he'd done much before of. So the fact that he's involved straight away probably makes him a better player as well. So. Um, and I like Coruscant Hooker as well because mm. he feels like Cook's not quite the impact player that he once was. So you can get that club combo in there, why not? Well, you were talking about club combo. What about the uh, the Tamora Tornado, Liam Martin? I see the Queenslanders have put the boot in, calling him a grub and highlighting a, a number of incidents. Oh, what about this little elbow here? What about the little kiss that he gave to Kurt Capel and the rest of it? He's lapping this up. Well, I, I highly encourage people to buy the paper tomorrow for one of the better, more creative back pages you'll you'll have seen for quite a while. Our sports editor, James Silver, has uh, been inspired by John Malkovich and uh, John Cusack. Okay, I'm and looking at it right now. They've got the mask on, the Liam Martin masks. Being Liam Martin instead of being John Malkovich, exactly. So the Courier Mail, look, our cousins up at our, our yep. News Corp cousins up in... Uh, Brisbane love to uh, have a go at us around about this time of the year, so why not sort of take on the challenge um, with a bit of tit-for-tat? Um, they, they're calling Liam Martin a grub. Well, the New South Wales Blues side said, hey, maybe we all need to be a little bit more like Liam Martin. And I know that the language can be a bit tiresome around this time of year, yeah. but what we're actually talking about is controlling the ruck. And it's something that Queensland did far better in game one and Liam Martin was probably trying trying to achieve what they'd been doing. Um, um, you know, slowing play the ball down a little bit with, you know, all the the, um, the four-minute rampage, as you pointed out, that the Courier-Mail had identified. Um, so, yeah, um, New South Wales basically acknowledging that that's what all of them need to do is probably true. Um, the stats showed that... Um, Queensland did have faster play of the balls in, in game one, and, and that's often the difference in these close games. There's only six points in it. So if you're slightly um, quicker around the, the ruck, that may be the difference. But what I really liked was that um, Jerome Luai, Leon Martin's um, Penrith teammate, was asked about the whole uh, courier mail. Queensland thinks Leon Martin's a grub. Well, Jerome Luai said, I think I agree with him. He is a grub. Um, <laughs> And, you know, maybe the rest of us need to do it. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure how the tactics will go, how it plays out. So 
but it certainly give us a little bit more of an interesting talking point you know, uh, than before game one. You know, it's funny. Like a New South Welshman could just say to Queenslanders, it's it's a bit rich. A team that had at one stage Will Chambers and Justin Hodges complaining about us being grubs. I would agree, but uh, yeah, those are two of the sort of more uh, fiery, incendiary centres, little alone players. You know, know, sorry, players, little alone centres that I've ever seen. Um, So yeah, I I fully agree. Look, the I call them the Crichton brothers, um, Angus and Stephen Crichton. Actually, we've got their rap sheets in the paper tomorrow. And if, if you want to talk about sort of blokes who get themselves in a little bit of trouble, you couldn't ask for two more different players. One, the private school boy who plays in the eastern suburbs. The other, the um, the Christian um, boy with the Islander background who plays yeah. for Penrith. Um, we've actually got quite a few little rap sheet, uh, lengthy rap sheets for the sort of niggly things that we might be talking about here that are designed to, one, slow the, the play the ball down or two, just get in the grill of the opposition. So, um, yeah, the Crichton brothers. The Crichton, was it, um, wasn't it Stephen Crichton that started the little melee against Canberra the other year? I'm sure it was Stephen Absolutely. Crichton. Absolutely. Yeah, it was he, too, wasn't he it? He loves to uh, get involved in, um, uh, I think he tried to drag a Raiders play into the Penrith <laughs> yeah, post celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's not that spirit of fun. I'll tell you what, reading that, you know, need more mongrel, drop the nice guy out. That'll be music to the late Tommy's ears, Simon. The late T. But look, I think rather than it just being about, you know, bringing back the beef or whatever, it is actually a a legitimate tactical thing revolving around that rock area. Mm. So the language sounds a bit Tommy Rodonicus, but I actually think it's a bit more of a modern strategy. No, without doubt. Now, uh, this came through a little bit earlier. The Big Bash, they've announced a draft plan for next season. They hope to will lure the big names back to the Australian competition. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, being brought on by a couple of factors. One, the fact that the Big Bash has been losing its luster for a couple of summers. I think most people would agree with that. TV figures were down, etc. And then the arrival of a couple of uh, leagues, overseas leagues in South Africa and the UAE, in January, which is when the Big Bash is still normally still going, has sort of forced Cricket Australia's hand. And I think one of the big things that people um, were missing were the big-name internationals. So they've come up with a draft proposal, and much like you know the NBA draft, which is going to be um, this week, um, it'll be televised in August, and, and all the big, big names will be plucked out and... Um, um, you know, Andre Russell or Faf de Blessis, mm. Quentin de Kock or, um, you know, England captain Morgan. So these are the calibre. Yeah. like a Joss Butler maybe who's you know, played about. previously with the Thunder and, and guys like Billings and Hales. Absolutely. I mean, there's some good players. No, without doubt, some good players. So just, just explain to us, right, so then mm. h- how it works. Do we have a breakdown of how the whole thing works? So yes, there's different it's, categories it's huge, depending huge on how good. Huge spread in the uh, paper tomorrow on this. Yeah, that's right. I think you mentioned before there's four categories of international play. We're only talking international plays at yeah. this point. I, I think people might think maybe Warner's involved. Or something. No, it's just internationals. And there's four levels, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, and it's basically a salary breakdown going from 340000 as your top payment, platinum, down to bronze, 100000 And basically, 
no matter how many uh, play, uh, sorry, games of Big Bash these international players play, that's how much money they'll get. They might say, uh, you know, the Sydney Sixers might pick up Andre Russell for the top, you know, platinum three hundred forty thousand, but he says I actually want to go bugger off, play for um, in the New South African League. They say that's fine mm. as long as you tell us. You still get your $340,000. Now, what they're hoping is that if, in fact, those international players do disappear um, to play, uh, you know, mid-January, they think some of those new leagues might be starting, that that's the time when the all the test players, Australian test players, come back and play Big Bash. So at all times, you will have some sort of big-name international player, right, yeah. whether it's a foreign player or an Australian player. So there's going to be, much like the NBA, a draw where um, uh, it's a weighted draw where if say so the the three teams who didn't make the finals last year the Renegades the Heat and Stars they get the top three picks guaranteed it'll in you know, in order to be um, decided it'll be those three teams who get the top three picks and then it's a weighted uh, draft in terms of you know um, the rest of the teams have a certain amount of balls that are selected out here that, that um, Hobart would have had five balls, Sydney Thunder four balls, the Strikers three, Sydney Sixers two, and because Perth Scorchers won the competition, they would only only have one ball in there, so they're least likely to get a high pick. So it's very similar to the NBA draft. Right, yep, gotcha. Gotcha. I guess the key there for the Uh, Big Bash is it kicks off earlier than the new South African League and the UAE one, so you could get them, if you go on the draft, you can get them for part the time, is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. In fact, they're sort of almost acknowledging that is definitely what would happen. Yeah. Uh, given that um, they're thinking that, so the top, those top payments of three forty thousand in the big bash, it's more likely to be seven hundred thousand in the UAE and five hundred thousand in South Africa. Mm. So they would almost be assuming that those players would definitely leave. Um, which was sort of happening anyway. But look, there's a few great little wrinkles in the rules. I think, like, for instance, say, Strikers fans might be concerned that they would lose Rashid Khan. Well, if a rival team decided that they wanted to draft Rashid Khan, they'd have to do it as a platinum selection in the first round, and then Adelaide would have the chance to pick him as their platinum player instead. So there's a little bit of... Um, momentum there. If Strikers fans love Rashid Khan, then the Strikers have the chance to get him. Right, but then Rashid Khan would have to nominate though for the draft, wouldn't he? So if he, he wanted have to nominate yeah, for the draft, yeah. So if he wanted to stay with Adelaide and they said, "Oh, we want to keep him," he doesn't want to go anywhere. Then he can't be selected by anyone else. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. They give up their platinum selection on Rashid Khan. Yep. Right. Okay. So it's only for internationals. Interesting. Yeah. I've got to check that out in more detail. We'll catch all of those stories in tomorrow's Daily Telegraph. Thank you, mate. Okay, Jules. There he is, Simon McLaughlin, the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telly. Yeah. Check that out to Liam Martin. No more Mr. Nice Guy being Liam Martin. It's a good back page too. There. Well done to James Silver and the team there at the Telly. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Break back with more. Yeah, Stephen on the text line says, remember last season, Kafusi getting back on side, ran into the only other player, Adam Reynolds, from behind, knocked him into next week with his elbow, got away. I, I, I remember that. I, I know. I remember the hit on Ryan Madison. Uh, the point you're making, though, there, Steve, is that Kafusi's got history. You're talking about that one that he had, the hit that he had on Sam Walker the other week where he got away with a fine. I said, well, if you want to protect people from being elbow in the head, then 
I would have thought that the match review committee needed to come down with a harder sanction than 1800 bucks. Good on you, Steve. 0457 736 736. means to taxes. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, the Mad Russian, good evening to you. Nice to be with you again, Jules. You on Wednesday. Very sharp. You've got the Forrest Kalani grey hoodie on. Yeah, I get very dressed up. Yeah, Umbro is just late a night radio. quintessentially football, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Great English brand. Mm. Did the English kits sort of the end of the 2000s, yeah, till start of the 2010s. Some very good kits. The one that David Beckham scored that famous free kick against Greece. In. Yeah. The Umbro kit with a single stripe down the side, three lines on the chest. You remember it well. Mm. Do, you, do you just have a whole like wardrobe of football shirts at home? I'm actually not that big into You're it. I'll get, big, yeah, I'll get okay, the big, right. I'll get the the ones I really like. World Cup sort of one. Yeah, that yeah, sort of right one. It. So 2010 World Cup soccer jerseys, mm. a treasured one. But yeah. yeah, other than that, I'm not big into the. I don't oh, yeah. have different clubs from. See, so you're Brazil young enough. I've got an issue with that of older blokes wearing football jerseys of any persuasion. <laughs> Certainly basketball jerseys, singlets out. It's a grey men shouldn't be wearing. I think you mentioned Barry Glendening on this program a couple of weeks ago, and he's very much of the theory that anyone over the age of 18 wearing a football jersey mm. should be shot. Uh, look, if you're going to the football, yeah, but I'm talking about just, just walking In general, down the street. They're becoming more of a fashion statement now. Mm. Like the retro NBA jerseys, no. they're getting rocked around Dudes, because they're more. singlets. I mean, dudes, don't, I don't care if you've got good guns, man. Don't walk what about over don't the, the What about sleeves. over the T-shirt? No, that's That's worse. becoming fashionable that's as well. It's like faux gangster. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. No Vince Carter jerseys? No Vince Okay, Carter that's not what we were here to talk about. Okay, first one, easy. Yep. New South Wales will win game two. Disagree. Oh, I, thought, no, see, I, I was trying Queen, to get some more. Well, I think Queensland are morals. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I backed them game one into Gagai. I think. Try score is a nice little $6 collect. Yeah. yeah. Paying six bucks. <laughs> I think Queensland should be favourites, but I think conditions. Sorry, no, they're not morals, off, but I have them favourites, yes. Yeah. I, think I, I would mark them that as well. I still think New South Wales win, though. Makes sense to that. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Next year's move back to all Wednesdays, new TV rights deal. So all the origins back to Wednesdays, no rep round in is bad, both for origin and international rugby. No, I love origin on Wednesday. Love it. I'm a fan of two on a Wednesday. I actually really like this format because it does open up the, the international side. So you're saying games one and three on the Wednesday and the Sunday with the international I like this round. middle one on the Sunday. Yeah. You're saying that defer to a Sunday so you can squeeze some international test well, matches. You yeah. know, our TV networks could actually be a little bit creative and you know, actually put on some new, more than one New South Wales Cup game a weekend too. Yeah. yeah that could be an interesting little but experiment no one, to run. No one would watch it. That's why they wouldn't do it. Are you sure no one would watch it? No one If you put it. it in that 3 o'clock Saturday slot. No. no one I know it would be. No one would watch it. New South Wales Cup won't happen. Okay. Won't happen. Cynical. Diehards would. You know, Ben, well, I can make I mean. the point and said, oh, why do we get, you know, reserve grade before first grade? So you think somebody's all of a sudden going to go to the footy just because there's a reserve grade game on now before the first grade? Well, no, no, I'm across all formats, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm. Women's game, reserve grade, doesn't matter. The The curtain raiser, people like to have something on to watch, but it actually kills the event before it as a spectacle. Yep. So, well, there's something we agree on. Rugby league's transgender rule this week was rushed. Agreed. Agreed. Finally got an agree. I think that's the first one I've had in about three weeks. I've got you to agree with. I agree with that. Yeah. 
I think you made it clear too. It's good. Okay. On this day, we're going to play a little bit of audio. Hit me. This happened. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shark flew up. How can you possibly call that out? How many you can miss? That he's walking over. Everyone knows it's in, in this whole stadium. And you call it out? Explain that to me, will you? The, the linesman called a fault because the ball was on this side of the court. The chalk came on. It doesn't the, matter. No, no. The, the very fact that there is a spread of chalk, as you can see, Mr. McIlroy. <laughs> I just love... <laughs> And I, the, the politeness of the of the English. That's what I. That's why I included it because it's just Mr. brilliant, McEnroe, Mr. Yeah. McEnroe. You can't imagine umpires talking that way. Now the that was eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah, I can't remember who He's he was prime. playing, but just Tom Gullickson. There you go. Glad I knew you'd know. That's what had to be. So John McEnroe would be less popular than he was in the eighties if he was playing today. That's a good question. I'll say. I'll say disagree. Mm. Yeah. Reason? You think he was less popular in the eighties than if he'd been he playing now? You know what? I mean, he's you think more, he'd be more he's popular, popular now? No, it's hindsight. Yeah, they say hindsight of twenty twenty vision. At the time, uh, he got booed a lot. John McEnroe. People mm. recognised his brilliance, but he was probably loved and hated in equal measure. Mm. You know, would it be the same today? I, I, obviously, we're only speculating. I, I would say probably, yeah. You, you know, you look at the behaviour of like as Zverev and Kyrgios and people mm. breaking their rackets. At a, yeah, they're not at McEnroe's level either. Mm. That's the other thing. Just so, as polarising. Yeah, yeah. Or do you think McEnroe's more polarising than those guys? He's better than those guys. Well, yes. Which makes a difference as well. The, the level of his achievements, mm. actually winning majors. Mm. But if, say, McEnroe had been playing against Federer, yep. would have been less liked. But if he was playing now as one of these next-gen, if it was Alcaraz and McEnroe yeah, look, he, look, McEnroe, whatever you make him, is a bums-on-seeds player. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think he'd be less popular, no. Disagree. There okay. we go. And final one on the back of Colin Morikawa. Yeah. Cereal before your milk. Oh, agree. Rather yeah, than the... Irregular, yeah. Other than the Morikawa... Milk yeah. before your cereal. Yeah, before your cereal, because I actually don't like a lot of milk. All right, I'm not, I don't eat cereal. Really. <laughs> but if I did, you know, you know, get the variety pack and you go straight for the little thing of cocoa pops mm. and tip it in. Look at what you're dealing with, and then add the milk accordingly. Get your ratios right. <laughs> that's it. That that's all funny. I've got, Julian. All right, thank you, mate. We didn't take a breather. Breaking back with more. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. The open line number one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Bondi Jacks is McEnroe easily the best player to watch ever. Yeah, you're right. Bumps and seats, box office. Oh, look, you got a couple of years in me, Bondi Jack. I caught the back end of Mac's career. Didn't see him in his prime, so I missed all the Borg stuff. But yeah, wonderful player, wonderful player. Likewise, Connors too. My uncle's a good tennis player. Idolised both of them, but in particular Connors, the best server Turner he's seen. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line number to the open line. We go, uh, Siv, my friend. Good evening to you, Mr. King. How you going? I'm becoming so regular now. People are actually switching the radio off as we speak. They're actually <laughs> all four of them. I'm actually helping you lose an audience, so I apologise in advance. <laughs> no, don't be silly. Sorry to keep <laughs> you waiting, mate. I had to get the show up and running. 
you know how it yeah, is. I've got to get through the intro yeah, and get my guests and the yeah. rest of it. And I know yeah. that. I mean, you're going to pay the bills. Well, there's all of that. And I know that you're up late. I mean, you're going to listen to the South African racing after this, aren't you? So I get it. So I think, <laughs> yes, see, see, yes. flexible heel hold. I, I think I'm listening. I think I might be listening to the first at VAR at around 10 to midnight or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, look, just on. Um, just on a few of these things, yeah, that live golf um, thing where you've got the players justifying it, oh, you know, doing the best for the family, you know, yeah, it's it's that's it's just about coin. That's all that is. Of course, is. it's about coin. I mean, I, I I don't I don't think it's about anything else other than coin. So you know, know what? And uh, they, they can I'm, spin I'm, it all uh, they want, Steve. They can spin it all they want, yeah. and somebody's got in the ear. If you're asked about this, talk about well, you know, bringing golf to a new audience and growing the game. It, it's nonsense. All it's that, nonsense, yeah. right? It's sports Nothing washing. Really. So all it is no. are Saudis. They want to get some big recognisable names. So, hey, we're not such bad blokes. Well, they're laundering their tattered public image. And then it's it's a problem mm. for people like Brooks, Brooks Kepka. Because Kepka wasn't that yes. – oh, this is humiliating for Kepka. Because he said – he was asked about it, what, last year, the year before. Oh, money doesn't matter. It's not important to me. If someone gave me $200 million tomorrow, I won't change well, my life. You, yeah. you know, I have enough money, could retire now. I just want to play golf. Well, hang on. You know, he appeared to turn his back on Norman and Co. He goes, oh, it's a bunch of stuff. At the end of the day, there's only one tour I'm playing, and I'm only interested in that one. And then really? right at the US Open, why is everyone yeah. talking about this? It casts a black cloud over this this wonderful tournament, wonderful historical tournament, and then what do you know? Uh, bang, yes. bang. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? Look, I, I, um, I was thinking something else that I love, but I agree with you. It is a bit tiresome. That stayed a good segue. I just... What a what! I'm just I'm good at segways. Mm. Um, that whole thing about the state of origin stuff and the war all of words around it, you know, the war of words, the right. war of words. Love a good war of words. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it can be tiresome, but hey, you know, without that war of words, the back page will have nothing on it. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, it's know. also manufactured, isn't it? And, and, and as Simon yeah, said earlier, well, Corey Mail, our cousins are. North of the Tweed, at, at this time of year, they like to put the boot in them. Well, we've uh, we've highlighted in the 64th minute, and they freeze frame it there. And, and then you've got Freddie complaining about, well, what about this referee decision? That should have been a penalty. You can go through anything <laughs> with a fine-tooth comb. The better team won on the night. That's it. Of course they did. Yeah. Of course they did. And you know what? I'm going to put my neck right on the line so mm. it'll be chopped off. But I, I think Queensland may go with the momentum that they've got. Because of that first win, I think that that'll be behind them, and they might just take it out. I think so. They well, it's the more stable just side. Take it out. It's the more stable side, Siv. You've got a New South Wales side that has rung seven changes. One of them in well, COVID enforced. That that's a lot of mm. changes from game one to game two. A lot. Yes. Yes. You know. Yeah. I seven changes. I thought was probably a bit much, but I guess Fitler thought, well, you know. They beat us, so I guess we need to find, I don't know, a bit of strength in this position or a bit of whatever in that position and maybe maybe a bit of fiddling around there and take that player out and subtract the first number you you first thought of and all the rest. You know, I I, I think that might have been a bit much. But, hey, you know, what? I'm not a state of origin coach. I'm just a gibber, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> We're all but, gibber. Uh... We're all state of origin coaches <laughs> this time of year. We're all selectors, aren't we? <laughs> Look at this bloody hand. How did this guy get a run? What a joke. You know what? Since since they've named the teams, Queensland are blown out. That's just sport. 
That's just sport generally, though. I mean, I love the fact that I know two bits of five eights about it and still can sound like I know something about it. That's one of the things I love about sport. I don't even need to know anything about it. I just need to have a view or pretend that I have a view. And, well, it, and it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The thing it about it is, Sim, I mean, I, I've been in this caper for a little while now, and I don't pretend you to have, know. Yes, you know, years, I know yeah. what I know, but there's, there's plenty I don't know. But I, I don't pretend to know everything about every sport, but I, I'm just a fan. Like our listeners out there, we're just fans. You know, we pretend to be yeah. experts. It's just nice to be able to talk about So We're not changing the world, but we can enjoy no, what we witness. It's a bit of fun. We can share some it's opinions, a share a bit I, of banter. I do like, I will say this, I do like, and I probably have a vested interest in saying this, but I do like listening to commentary games on the radio. I just, I like that. You know, I think there is something about, I know people like to watch the things on the TV to get close-ups of, you know, mm. the good beards and, Maybe the guy's underpants if you really, really, really want to be close up. But I do like hearing the commentary game on the radio. Somehow, at least for me, it takes me. They can take me all over the stadium. They can take me onto the field or they can Mm. take me up into the video referee's box where we spend four days replaying it from 15 different angles. Don't get me started on that. That does drive me nuts. No, I agree. I do like commentary games. You know, it's it's, it's a different art form and radio, you... Obviously, because you've only got the oral component, you need to fill the space, and you colour it in. You colour it in, so so you, you, you know yeah. you, you paint the picture, and that's what the best ones do on radio. They do, they do, and and Rabs when he was doing it, apparently I didn't get to hear his radio commentaries, but apparently he was very good at it. Back in the day, yeah. Um, but he was he was very he was very good at it, and he was one of those guys who apparently could make the transition. You know, although I wonder he he was a bit he was. Very much, I suppose, if I remember what he used to say in the interviews, he was very much sort of thinking, well, have I said too much in these TV commentaries or have I said too little? You know, he's, he was he was very much concerned that he'd probably given it too much blow by blow because he came out of the radio field. Yeah. I think this is might have been when he'd first done TV. He, he'd come out of the radio thing and, of course, you've got to... You, you've got to talk about everything on radio, even when the player picks his nose. You've got to say that. The player's picked his nose. <laughs> but you don't say that on TV because we can all see it. Well, TV, you talk to the pictures, right? And, and Rabs is very harsh on himself. and He's a wonderful caller. But I remember years ago having an interview with Rabs, and he, and he talked about the difference. It's the same with cricket as well. He talked about the difference. You go on TV, you might say, well, here's Sterling, you know, Kenny, Ella, try something like that. Whereas radio, you go, well, Sterling feeds a scrum, you know. He, he plays it right yeah. to, to Kenny, who beats his man. He's drawn in, you know, flick past us, Steve Ella yeah, and Ella, yeah. zip, zip, man. Go, you know, you've you, you got to colour in what they're doing. You've got to, you got to even if it's, even illustrate if, it for the, them. The bit I love about radio as well, yeah, and even if it's pretty dull, you make the dull sound really... So mm. if, if, say, in a soccer game, because soccer, you can wait for about four days before you might somebody might score a goal. Mm. Even though I love the soccer, it's still one of those games where you might wait four days before someone scores a goal. Or they may not score any goals. And you've got to say, gee, that was an entertaining nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> or, it's one of those yeah, quirks. <laughs> it is. The other, the other thing too there, Steve, is that, I mean, if you do your research... And your background of the players, and if it's not much happening in the game, we can fill people in. It's, it's the Gordon Brazems of this world, you know. It's Gordy was a, you know, he has a cat named Mittens, or his sister's a doctor, or you know, still a uh, referee who's a former policeman. You know, that's, oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yes, I, I don't know whether any fan really remembers that sort of stuff, but they they love hearing it because yeah, it tends do. to add 
something to it. That's that's why I, that's why there's there's something about you know all those things. Even though I I'm not a I'm not a stats man. I haven't got a. That's why they call me Siv. Anything anyone tells me goes in one ear yeah. and out the other. Just leaks. Yes, I've been yeah. that joke for thirty years. Can't retain. I've been yeah. that joke for Can't retain. <laughs> um, but but I, I what I love about the stats is that um, you know they they're good fillers. Even though nobody nobody will remember them unless they're real fanatics. Mm. They're good fillers in a in a blank spot where, you know, like I say, you might be going up to the video replay to watch the fifteenth replay of a what looks to everybody else as a try or whatever it might happen to be, or the VAR looking at a goal or something like that. You know, it's it's good filler. Yeah. I, why is it, by the way, in, in the soccer world? You know how in the rugby league world, the the bunker is mic'd up, so you get to hear. A bit of commentary from the guy at the video review. Explaining their decision. Like about it, what they're doing. Yeah, talking you through it. I, I think it should be Whereas the in, same. Whereas in the soccer world, they don't. They haven't mic'd them up. No, they to don't. sort of explain to the people at the game. They should, though, Sid. Yeah, we're they absolutely at should. It might just help alleviate some of the frustration. You can say, oh, is that why? Okay, I can, you know. I, I think they should. They absolutely should I can kind of live with that. Yeah. I think. Look, I'm a thinking man. I'm Australia's thinking man, as you know, uh, and pest. Should uh, say that. Should uh, say that to make everyone happy. Yes. I'm Australia's thinking man and pest. I reckon that uh, FIFA. I think they're the guys that run soccer. Yep. I think that uh, something should be sent to FIFA to be to put forward so that the VAR people. I think that's what it's called in the soccer world. The VAR people are actually mic'd up. So we find out what's going on. We don't need to mark up the refs on the field. I don't get that. I don't need to hear a ref go, move, hold. I don't need to hear that. But I do want to hear why, you know, you think it's a goal or why you think it might be a handball. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Yep. No, I can't disagree. But then no, I think a, a lot weird. of people do. No, no, you're not that weird. <laughs> it's actually quite mainstream thinking from you, Siv. I've got to fly. Thank you, mate. We'll speak soon. Good on you, mate. See ya. There he is, Siv. He's, uh, he's the world's quickest hanger-upper. He makes a point. I think Simon Hill actually might have said the same thing. We should at least, at the very least, hear their thinking, hear the explanation of video officials in the global game, as we do in the National Rugby League. You're on high ground. Finally, other program. Keep those texts coming in 0457 736 736. Just looking at Fox League. They've got the, the rap sheet of Felice Cafusi. Dangerous contact 2015. Another dangerous contact. It's just gone off my screen, but uh, the list was as long as my arm. As long as my arm. Now, let's get through the birthdays today, sporting birthdays. Not a lot in the league front, actually, but birthdays today. 1947, born this day, NBA legend Pete Maravich. Happy birthday, Pete. Isn't it funny? If your name is Pete, you're probably called Pistol. Any sports person called Pete ends up being Pistol Pete. Any sports person called uh, Rod ends up being Rocket. Are they? Rocket Rod Laver. Rocket Rod Reddy. Case in point, Pistol Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete Sampras. Rest my case. 53, I actually, because I don't care for award ceremony, so I didn't watch the Logies. Didn't watch it. But apparently Bruce McAvaney, who got elevated to the Hall of Fame, spoke beautifully. Off the cuff, gave Rabs Warren a rap as well. Happy birthday to Bruce McAvaney. Happy birthday as well, 1956, uh, former colleague of mine, the big man, Daryl Broman. Played for, of course, Penrith, Canterbury, and Queensland, if Les Boyd hadn't broken his jaw, he would have played for Australia. Happy birthday, Big Mart. Many happy returns. 1962, another NBA legend, Clyde the Glide Drexler. A 1963, if you like your MMA, uh, he was sort of 
could almost argue the first big name in mixed martial arts, Randy Couture. Three-time UFC heavyweight champion, two-time UFC light heavyweight champion. And he was born in Everett, Washington, 1966. Uh, Australian track cyclist Dean Woods, uh, Olympic gold in the team pursuit, 84. Silver in the individual pursuit in 88. And bronze in the team pursuit, also in 88. And then again in 1996. Do you remember he died earlier this year too, Dean Woods? He was born in Wangaratta, Australia. 1971, Kurt Warner, American Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback. 1999, Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams, uh, a bunch of Pro Bowls as well. 84, him with the Texan draw, dating Gretzky's daughter, jump ship to the Live Golf Series. Dustin Johnson, 2016 US Open winner. 1987, former Socceroo striker Nicky Rukavica, and born this day, 1994, Australian batter Manus Labuschagne. Bondi Jack's back in touch. And he said, um, any Imbo thinks that mercenary Madison got dudded, hasn't worked out. Maddo clocked off twice in both Munster breaks for two early second-half tries. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. Uh, the bloke got hooked in the 53rd minute. Lack of desire, played 20-odd minutes. As Gus would say, not an origin player. What did I say? you got players who play origin, then you got origin players. We always said Ben Kennedy, origin player. Can't disagree. 0457 736 736. Uh, Steve says Luke Brooks has got to go. Shocking. Well, the Brooksy one's interesting. I mean, there's a club that leaks like a sieve. They're not even playing this weekend. And the talk was, yeah, Brooks is going to be dropped. He's got to go, Luke Brooks. Uh, the, the consensus almost now, just amongst general league fans, is that he needs to get out of the joint. He's just got to get out of the joint. Just reading here on Fox Sports, the Tigers could have to pay between six hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars for Brooks to play elsewhere if they want to offload their big money halfback with a year remaining on his contract. See, that's the problem that they face. Where do you play him? Could you could you repurpose him as a nine? They got Coruscant coming next year. Mind you, we know Jackson Hastings is very very close to Michael Maguire. Will he stick around? We don't know who the new coach is going to be. There's word about Hastings, yep. Word about Dane Laurie as well, thinking about his options. They're deserting the ship or want to desert the ship there at the Tigers. Cameron Serralda reportedly very close to making a decision, and the mail is that he will stay at Penrith. He's holding all the, all the aces, all the cards at the moment, Cameron Serralda, the most sought after coach in the game. Would you go to the Tigers or would you leave it? Would you wait? There's probably going to be more coaching options next year. And I read today, was it Dave Riccio said, they're also just monitoring Ivan Cleary's health at the moment. So he sticks around. He might fill in a few more games at first grade at Penrith. I guess we'll wait and see. He's a man in demand. Tim Sheens has spoken to him. He said, mate, take your time. We're in no rush. We want you. How big is the carrot they've got to dangle in front of Cameron Serralda? But, yeah, just back to Brooks. I mean, strong reports that he's set to be dropped for round 16. And there are rumours that the Tigers will offload him with a year left on his contract. 1.3 mil the final year of his deal. I mean, the whole club's a basket case. The whole club is a basket case. You never played finals football, Luke Brooks. Brooks, think about that. Never played finals football in 10 years. Now, Brent Reid reckons the Knights, the Dolphins, will be in the running for Brooks. I mean, Dolphins, you could do worse. You think if anybody can get Brooks right, it'll be Bennett. But it's going to cost them a hell of a lot to see him run around against them next season.
that have chipped in a ton of money to make that happen because he's on such big money. We don't know, but we know it's over a mil. Could be 1.1 to 1.3. You're clearly not going to get that. And the thing is, he was close to going to Newcastle. That fell through. They were really keen on him in the off-season, the Knights. And apparently the Knights are now want to hang on to Milford. He's, he's as good as gone to the Dolphins. So what do Newcastle do? Do they have another crack at Luke Brooks? Again in the off-season. It all depends on how much the Tigers are willing to pay. So if it's 1.1, they say, we'll pay 600, you can pay 500. Do you think Newcastle will pay 500 for Brooksy? Potentially. Maybe. That's going to be the sticking point. It'll be the real sticking point. But if Hastings is starting seven, Dewey's is starting six, and you've got Coruscant next year if they all stay there, well, how do you play looks? Uh, looks, looks. Luke Brooks. You know, could you play? He's a bit smaller, be sort of a ball-playing 13. It's probably more suited to Jackson Hastings. But Hastings got to have the jump at seven, so much so that they put Brooks at six. Few decisions to make. Few decisions to make at the West Tigers. Eight four five seven seven three six seven three six. Yeah, just on the on the Origin odds. So last I checked, when the market first opened, it was a dollar eighty New South Wales, two dollars two to Queensland. Now just having a look at some of the various betting agencies, they've got New South Wales dollar seventy dollar seventy five, Queensland two ten to two fifteen. Wow. The line is tight as it should be, but I don't know. New South Wales won each of its last four Origin 2 matches. Each of the last three Origin matches have gone under the total match points line. And then in nine of the last 11 Origin series, the team that lost game one has covered the line in game two. So is that the key stat? So that points to a New South Wales improvement. If you look at the odds too, though, for the series winner, because obviously game three there in Queensland. So Queensland $1.38 to win the series. I think they'll wrap it up in Perth. I could be wrong. And I do like to see a live rubber going to game three. I just think they've got they've got a better side. Now, before the break, we haven't really touched on the swimming. Uh, this is disappointing news for Shana Jack. It was a comeback for her, but her World Swimming Championships have been brought to an abrupt end. She has a hand injury, apparently a broken hand, which is a bit of a, a rare injury when it comes to swimming. How do you break a hand in swimming? So we know she spent a few years on the sidelines, Shana Jack, because of a doping scandal, made that Triumphant return to the team, as I mentioned. Won a gold medal in the women's 4 by 100 free. But now, unfortunately for Shana, she's going to miss the remainder of the World Championships after slipping and breaking... There you go. Slipping and breaking her hand at the warm-up pool prior to individual heats. I mean, that's just bad luck. That is bad luck. Uh, she is hopeful, though, that the injury will not keep her out of next month's Com Games in Birmingham. Hopeful. Hopeful. Molly O'Callaghan, silver in the women's 200 free. Maddie Wilson, fifth in the women's 200 free. And then Silver for the mixed 4 by 100 medley. Kayleigh McEwen, Maddie Temple, Zach Stubbledy Cook, and Shana Jack. So a bit of an update there uh, from the swimming championships. one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Back to the open line. Hey, Jase. Jules, how you going, mate? Good, mate. How's North Parramatta? Mate, I've got to drive back there tonight when oh. my shift's over. So. Oh, righty. Yeah, I'm a North yeah, Parramatta. Yeah. Well, you know You'd know, you'd know it well then. You know, I'm pretty close to the uh, works for the light rail. So, yeah. Ah, the, yes, the light rail works that, that kept me up late at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's finally looking good. They're opening up Church Street there too. That's right, mm. yes. 
Yes, no, it is. It is. It's been a long time coming, but no, it's definitely mm. much better. Yes. Well, I was actually Mate. down. You go ahead. No, no, no. You go, Joe. No, I was going to say, I mean, he said, I'll hang out at the Container Cafe there, which is where all the eels people, it's, it's the place to be, Container Cafe. Yeah. And I saw I saw Brownie yesterday, Nathan Brown, and I thought, gee, this what? poor bloke, I wonder where he's going to end up next year. It'd be a very interesting question. Well, well, I'm a, I'm a Warriors supporter, so how about oh, Nathan my God. Brown replacing Nathan Brown? Not ch- <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> if your name's Nathan Brown... You probably want to stay well clear of the Warriors at the moment, Jase. <laughs> That's probably true. Look, he's got plenty. He's got plenty left in him, doesn't he? I think so. Like a, what is he? Twenty nine. Is that? He's an aggressive player. He's a good player. He's been off the boil this year, but last year his form was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely. He'd make a uh, improvement to most most teams. That's for sure. Yeah, no, the container's a very nice cafe. Yeah, right by the park there. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. And he can park. <laughs> yeah. Just um, to chat about uh, those odds for the uh, the, the origin, mm. um, well, one of the interesting things that I heard uh, over the week was the way that Maddie Johns actually described um, those changes, which I think, you know, that's a lot of changes for the blue side. Like, I'm blues pretty much through and through, but... Um, I know Matty summed it up by saying it was he felt it was reactive rather than you know picking a team straight out and saying to Queensland do your best. Mm. Um, and it and it kind of uh, reminded me even of the first Origin where you know the selection or non-selection of Fox and then you know choosing uh, Tipo um, and and like yeah pretty much for that jumping height against Xavier uh, Coates and, and um, Selwyn Cobbo. But, you know, even that, I remember at the time thinking, gee, are we jumping at Shadow? Like, uh, before, like, because that didn't even eventuate during the game. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So, yeah, that's yeah, it was point. an interesting way, like, that um, that Maddie kind of summed it up. And, and you know, the other bit is, too, yeah, is this? I mean, we talk about um, Billy, Billy being, you know, the rookie coach, and you know, um, but then he's got, he's got like JT and and the goat, like yes. and Dane Goat on there. The GIs I mean, in camp with him too, issue. Jace. How good is that? So you got Slade, oh. you got Jonathan Thurston, Cameron Smith, GI. Oh. I think Joshy Hannay's helping out as well. I mean, you could do worse. But they want to play well, for them. I mean, imagine that. these young blokes are sitting in the dressing room. You go, oh, there's, there's Billy Slater. Look, I worship this guy. There's well, Cameron Smith. I mean, there's Greg Inglis. I mean, you'd run through a brick wall for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw GI in the, in the sheds and, as you said, Josh Hannay. And, yeah, it, but, as you said, like when you single out Cam Smith, JT and Billy Slater, mm. like it's like the holy trinity that yeah, you're is. trying to go up against. Like yeah. it's just, um, and I think maybe you know, uh, uh, Freddie has had that ability in the past couple of years because he he's pretty much on that equivalent level. But when you've got three coming at you, like it's, uh, I exactly how you said, you know, any Queensland, you know, pretty much any rugby league like supporter. 
Like if you walked into a room with those three, you'd sit up straight away. Yeah. But it, it's um. Pull out yeah, the autograph book, Jase. Pull out the autograph. No, I take your point. I mean, personally, I mean, I, I understand the selection of Tupu. And he was he was pretty good in the first game, but you know this this so called threat, the aerial threat, didn't quite eventuate. In the end, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I would have picked out Okar. You might say he's playing in a weakened oh, bulldog side at the moment, but he's going to lift. He, uh, you put these guys in, and he's been there before. Prolific try scorer at that level, and you put him with better players, he'll play better. Clearly, they missed Trebojevic and. Latrell, and you could argue those yep. two guys were the big difference last series. Clearly, he's missed them. But I mean, yeah. Adokar, that's the thing. I mean, if I'm a Queensland supporter, which I am, but well, that's another story. And I go down yeah. the team sheet. I'm looking. I who who puts more fear into me? Is it the Fox or is it Tupo? With no disrespect to Tupo, wonderful football, but it's Adokar. You can't coach speed, as Jack Gibson said. That, that's <laughs> I think that's what they're missing. But anyway. Fitless is a smarter man than yeah. I am, Jace. So we'll wait and see if they win. No. Then it vindicates him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's right. Winning cures all ills, doesn't it? It's, um, <laughs> yes, it does. It's it's it's, it's a strange. Um, it it just yeah yeah absolutely right. I was like mystified when Fox Fox wasn't chosen the first one, and I was almost horrified that he wasn't in the second one. Like that was just. Yeah, very strange. Um, yeah. The, the other bit too, Jules, is about that live sort of stuff. The so golf, that, that, yeah. Um, golf stuff. Yeah, I play, play a little bit of golf, you know, hacker and everything. But um, I think for all sports fans, especially league fans, it's got those um, Super League sort of vibes about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, people have drawn that comparison, Jason. They mentioned Wells, who was cricket as well. Uh, uh, the difference here is that, in the case of World Series Cricket, they're coming off a really low basis. We're not paid enough as professionals. We're going to be paid what we're worth. I mean, you can't say that the same thing about a Phil Mickelson who's earned hundreds of millions of dollars in his career or Dustin Johnson who's pulled in, what, 70 mil worth of prize money. I think that's a different Super League year. They probably were underpaid, but they weren't getting paid peanuts at the same time. So it's not quite apples and apples. And I understand, if, as I mentioned, if you're a young golfer like a Blake Winter on the, on the up, and you might only have one shot before they recruit more players and you get squeezed out of the 48 to have a crack at some decent coin. I get that. I get that. Different story for those that have made a mint out of the game. though. If you do it for greed, fine. Just admit it. Don't spin crap about, oh, I'm growing the game and this is good for the... You know, it's not. It's, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Jace, I've got to fly. Thank you so much for your call, mate. I might bump you in container. Uh, quick one. I'll just wrap this up. Bondi Jack, before the break, uh, with regards to Kafusi, I'll just shorten it. Uh, Brandy and Vossi called a spade a spade on Fox. Kafusi has a long history. He knew what he was doing. How do Robbo and PVL hold their tongues? Eradicate this germ. By the way, Kafusi slammed his forearm down on Toops' head. First half origin one. I didn't see that. But as he said, he's got history. Not a word. Cheers, Bondi Jack. Thank you. Hi, Grant. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. Gee, it's gone quickly tonight. Thank you, everybody, for your calls and contributions. Thank you to Simon McLaughlin. Thank you to you, uh, Alex the Seal, as well. Back to do it all again from 9pm Eastern time on Friday. Jules with you on high ground. Catch you then. Bye-bye.